Welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer with your hosts, Ellie Mistal and Joe Patrice, talking about legal news and pop culture, all while thinking like a lawyer, here on Legal Talk Network. Hello, welcome to another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer, America's favorite explicit tagged legal podcast. I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law. With me, not at all today, is Ellie Mistal, who is not here because I'm not in New York. I'm actually in New Orleans at the Clio Cloud Conference. If you don't know what a legal tech conference is, well, this actually isn't like most legal tech conferences, but it is an amazing one that Clio puts on every year for their product, which if you're not in the small law space, is kind of the windows of small law. It kind of runs everything for a lot of firms. And so I'm here. And today, because you know we don't have Ellie to grind his gears, I'm just going to get right into it. So my guest is Sarah Schaff from Headnote. Welcome to the party. Thank you, Joe. Happy to be here. Yeah. This conference is a lot of fun, isn't it? It is a lot of fun. I think exceeding expectations. I can't say I'm impressed that often. Maybe that says something about me. Yeah. But I actually have found myself feeling impressed over the past 24 hours. So I've been to several legal tech conferences in my life. And this one I went to two years ago. But after I'd been to, you know, ILTA, which is big. Right. But... I'd been to a bunch of places and I finally went to this one, went, oh, oh, this is what money can do. Oh, well, that's what I know I said to a few people. We're located in San Francisco. Uh And so we're constantly going to tech conferences run by like infinitely wealthy companies. Apple and Right. And like the Salesforce, you know, Dreamforce, these kind of conferences where no expenses spared. And then you go to like a bar association convention (laughs) or even like the ABA when they're really well done. And it's like, it just doesn't compare to what some of these places are doing. And Clio actually has figured out how to bring that here. We were in a parade last night. We were in a parade last night. That the police escorted us on a parade through the streets of New Orleans. I will say though, I spoke to my folks this morning who are both practicing lawyers and the ABA Midwinter did that when they they were here recently. Okay, all right. So it was an amazing idea. And we'll give credit where credit is due because <laughs> some other lawyers did think of that. Okay. All at right. At one so, point. So somebody's thought of it before. And they were not impressed with my story was the other part. I thought this was so cool. They're like, did it. I've done it before. Yeah. But meanwhile, just on the other side of the wall here, there's a hangover bar for everybody Indeed. who partied too much last night filled with five-hour energies, which... It do make you feel like a junkie if you drink one, but you know. Get you jacked up and then feel real bad. Yeah. So yeah, we're here. It's a fun show. If you've never been, you should come, listeners. And we don't know where it's going to be next year. We haven't had that announcement yet. That's this morning, right? Oh, I thought he was going to do it at the closing. Oh, is it closing? Yeah. That's why. So I yeah. haven't heard yet. Loves the um, drama. Yeah. Well, why not? It's you know, drag this effect. out. Yeah. Why so, um, but let's talk Headnote. Yes, let's. So what is it that Headnote brings to the table for those who are either already kind of practicing in their own firms right. or thinking about moving to right. their own firms? So Headnote is the easiest way for law firms of any size, but we really have found a lot of success with small law firms to start getting paid online. It does not matter what your workflow is. It does not matter what your current process is. You can start getting online payment, whether you're on a cloud-based practice management like Clio, whether you have a legacy system that you can't get off of, If you have Dropbox and Gmail and a hodgepodge of things, 
you can use Headnote for all of those things without making big changes to your internal process. Yeah. Getting paid. That's one thing I was going to say. We talked earlier and that's actually a different show. Hey, everybody who listens to this, you can also listen to On the Road, which is another (laughs) legal talk network show that occasionally I host. Anyway, on one that I talked about yesterday, we talked about the legal trends report that Clio comes out with. And one of the primary drags on the legal profession is not collecting. Yes. Yes. I mean, you bill people and then you don't get your money. And yep. that's where you really come in. At- Absolutely. Yeah. So I, you know, like I said, my folks are lawyers. So I grew up in a family of lawyers. They both left large corporate or big law jobs and started two separate firms. So I grew up working at their firms and they had us doing like everything you could do. Then I worked at a couple other firms, went to law school, got out, practiced, went, ended up at Google. And like everywhere that I worked, this was an ongoing issue, yeah. which is why the passion for me kind of took shape. And what we see, like you said, and what we're seeing in this report is that we are the like last major industry in the U.S. to have these issues with how we collect. And we've become complacent with it because it's just like it's normal to take 90 days to get paid and only realize 85% of what I earn and anybody else, like my pool guy, wouldn't stand for that. And I pay him online. Like, why do I still have to run my dusty checkbook to pay my lawyer? So we're just making it hard. But I don't think it's the lawyer's fault. I mean, we have rules, right? We're yeah. risk averse. We take them seriously. And so the trust accounting issue is a big one. And that's part of why we made Headnote. We wanted to make a tool that was as easy as PayPal or Venmo, Mm -hmm. that you could start getting paid online with as little pain as possible with a very clear fee structure. That's that's it. And that fee structure, like people just buy transactions. Exactly. Exactly. So a lot of payment platforms will have a monthly fee and then they'll also have like a transaction fee with an asterisk. And that means you're not just going to pay that fee. You're actually going to be paying for these like, quote, merchant acquirer fees and all of these kind of ambiguous things which essentially means we have carte blanche to just charge you what we want and right. you're going to pay it. We don't do that. We just have one transaction fee for e-check, one for credit card. That's all you ever pay. You can go to headnote.com slash pricing. There's a calculator where you can actually put in what your processing volume was and the fees you paid. It will tell you what your actual transaction fee was yeah. and then what Headnote can save you. So that's something we believe really deeply in. This should be a transparent process. Cool. So a thing you just said along there, let's let's go back because one thing that a lot of our listeners care about is we have a lot of yeah. pre-law listeners, what a legal career can look like. Yeah. Uh, and we often kind of say, oh, there's this path that is right. like you go to your law firm, whatever. But you've, you've chosen kind of a different path. And right. how did you Plinko down to yeah. uh, where you are now? Plinko is a great way yeah. to describe it. I say it's not, it was not linear. So I was like, a total, I don't know if rule followers, the best way to think of it, but I had this idea with two practicing lawyer parents, go to law school, get to a firm, spend five to seven years, you know, to get on partnership track. And then I don't know what comes after that. You're just like, right. You're gunning to be a partner. And then I got a couple of years into it. And right away was just like, I, that is not like, it was not for me. And I would sit with my other, you know, junior colleagues And we'd be saying like, oh yeah, that's what we're going to do. And then we'd go get a drink and everyone's like, I don't think I want to be a partner. And we were like, I don't think I do either. Like, what are we doing? So were you working in the Bay Area then? Yes, I was working in the Bay Area. I actually graduated in 2008. So like the like real interesting time. So right before everything. Right, right. And then while I was waiting for my bar results, like everything really hit the skids. So that was fun. 
but got a job right away, luckily. And the number one thing I noticed was that we had more of a transactionally based economy within legal than we ever had. Like there was so much fewer in-house employees, support staff. Like that was a really a big part of this like aha moment for Headnote was mm -hmm. like, oh, we have to transact more and we don't know how to do it yeah. as lawyers. But spent a couple of years at one firm and knew right away, I was like, this is not the kind of work I was litigating. I always thought I was like, I'm going to be a litigator and I'm going to become a partner and I'm going to like save the world. And within a year I was like, ooh. So it's interesting. So your parents... Yeah. Uh, Lawyers. Right. Were they litigators too? or One of each. One so of each. my okay. mom was actually GC for the Dial Corporation and Greyhound Bus Lines, like super okay. corporate track, does not like to litigate or come to conferences like this. Okay. She has a different thing. My dad's the like consummate marketer, litigator. Uh, and I just thought, oh, I'm going to be like my dad. I'm going to go and I'm going to litigate and kind of got to start, you know, a couple years in, I'm like second chairing or third chairing cases. And I was just like, there's not very much I love about this got to another larger firm. I'm like, then I'll start doing like some other kinds of law. Nope. I was still litigating and somehow got this role at Google and was like, now I'm going to love everything. Like Life is going to be perfect because this is the exact kind of company that I want to work at. Yeah. And it was, and the company itself was very fun to work at, especially when you're at a company where legal is not like the highest stress department, like engineering is much more important. Yeah. So they could care really like a little bit less about us. Like engineers have way more going on than we do. And after I did it for a while, I was like, I just don't, I know this is not right. And at that point I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur and made this really tough decision to leave. I yeah. like had just had my first kid and a lot of people, including my parents were like, you've lost your mind. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? And that was just like a really hard leap. But I really felt like I'd been practicing six years. I was at that point where like, if I didn't figure out the right path for me, I was going to spend the rest of my life. Like it was going to be harder yeah. to get out. And there's a lot of unhappy lawyers in this profession. And I wanted to not be one of those and try to do something about it. Yeah. And there are places, uh, it, it may not feel this way for those of you pre-law or just in law school, but there are places where your law degree can be put to good use yes. that are not being a lawyer necessarily. Yes. And yeah. yeah. Which you don't think about maybe that much when you're in law school. And I will say I did an, an AMA with Reddit yesterday oh, yeah. from the conference. And like the number one thing that I've been seeing even in the past day coming in are like 2L or 3Ls or new lawyers that are like, how do I make the transition to working with startups or to yeah. working in tech? And so I think, you know, same thing that I, I wrote to some of them, like, you got that network of yours, that LinkedIn, like all of those connections. And I tell people like if, if they know me and they want to look at mine and if there's somebody they want an intro to, find the person with your dream job and then write to them, like cold email them and just say like, I'm really, you know, a fan of your career. I'm hoping that I can do something similar. Can I buy you a coffee or can we jump on the phone and I can, you know, I'll send you a bottle of wine or something to yeah. thank you to just like, can I just pick your ear? Can yeah. I pick your brain? People will do it nine times out of 10. I think that's one of my superpowers is that I'll like dig in and ask anyone <laughs> for help or advice because most people are afraid to do it and because the, they're like, oh, they, they won't want to do it or they're yeah. too important. But most people have had someone help them and they're like looking for that opportunity and ask that person, like, what was your Plinko path to get here? Yeah. Like, what, what did you learn that I should not do? And then other than that, like the meetups are everywhere now. Like go to meetups for startups take a pay cut, ask if you can like hang around and do some work and prove your value and figure out how to get in there. A lot of cool companies need young lawyers 
And maybe you will end up practicing just maybe a little different than you thought you would when yeah. you were in law school. A minute ago when I asked about the litigation and angle is, yeah. so I did not have any lawyers in my family. And that's how I basically ended up in litigation because right. I was like, I don't know what else that's I am supposed to do. That's what lawyers do. do. Yeah, yeah and, exactly. And so I always find it interesting when people do have a sense of what, yeah. what else is out there ending up in litigation yeah. still. Yeah. yeah, I think that for me, it was like, I just, I do mostly enjoy this kind of thing. I love talking right. to people like you. And like, I, you know, for instance, coming to a conference right away, I'm, I'm like this, I'm like, I'm not presenting or doing anything like right. that. So I'm like, this is going to be just fun. Like I just get to hang out with my friends <laughs> right. and like talk about cool stuff all weekend. That for me had this translation to like, it felt a little bit like acting. Like if when you litigate, at least when you like yeah. see it on TV and then right. when you do it, you're like, oh, actually that's like 8% is yeah. me actually Motion being practice is the rest right, of it. <laughs> right, And a lot of writing. Like, yep. so you don't really think about that when you're like watching, you know, Law & Order or A Few Good Men or something. But I do think that there was part of me that was like, that is the part that is like, you get to be dramatic and you're going to argue that point. <laughs> and I really thought at that point I liked arguing for fun. And now I'm like, oh God, yeah, I'd rather not. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I feel having been on the litigation yeah. side myself, at the end of the day, I really felt like my friends who went the transactional side did more actual yes. arguing. Yes. <laughs> like, it's so interesting, <laughs> especially now because almost nothing actually like gets to court. Yeah. Like, it's all pre, you know, everything you're doing in the settlement process ahead of time. Yeah, they were on conference calls yelling at right. people and being dramatic. Right. And yeah. Who knew? And so, yeah, I just don't think that I fully, I think too, because of the difference in the personalities of my folks. And that was like my archetype. Yeah. Like, and so I was like, oh no, I know that I'm going to do more of like that kind of thing. And then turns out there's yeah. a lot of different things you can do. Really are. It's an interesting path to go down. And so many of the entrepreneurs yeah. that I deal with in yeah. Silicon Valley are, are ex-attorneys. I mean, like oh, yeah. it's in that way, I think there is a feeling of, at least when I was going to leave traditional practice, I know my you know, folks who are more traditional lawyers were like, oh God, was that a waste of an education and all that time? And like, it, it so isn't just the ability to think analytically. You can do so much with your degree, yeah. whatever you end up wanting to do. It's costly, but it is. it's a good, it's, a, it's right. I yeah. don't know if I would like say do that if you know you don't want to practice, <laughs> but if you do it and then you decide not to, like fret not. You can find your way out. Yes, yes. yes. I mean, look, look at us. Look at yeah, us. There yeah. you go. Um, look at us not really practicing anymore. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Reformed. We're Reformed. Yeah. Yes. So thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. Um, at, you know, enjoy the rest of the conference. I know. Um, for everybody else, thanks for listening. You should read Above the Law. You should follow me on Twitter. I'm at Joseph Patrice. You can follow Ellie too, even though he's not really here. Uh, he's at Ellie NYC. And you should give us reviews and stars and all that sort of good stuff so that more people listen to this. And you should listen to other Legal Talk Network shows, in particular On the Road, which uh, has a ton of coverage of this very conference, some of which I'm actually the host of. So <laughs> you'll hear more of my dulcet tones if you do that. And with that... Thanks for, for this, and we'll uh, talk again next week. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also find us at AboveTheLaw.com, ATLRedline.com, iTunes, RSS, Twitter, and Facebook. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own. 
and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.